The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the chief priests and the elders of the people, Hear another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenants and went on a journey. When vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the tenants to obtain his produce. But the tenants seized the servants, and one they beat, another they killed, and a third they stoned. Again, he sent other servants, more numerous than the first ones, but they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, thinking, they will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and acquire his inheritance. They seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. What will the owner of the vineyard do to those tenants when he comes? They answered him, He will put those wretched men to a wretched death and lease his vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the proper times. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone? By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to a people that will produce its fruit. Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I have to switch back to this book because it has the text of today's second reading in it, which I think is very important to highlight today. There's this theme of the Lord's vineyard today. That certainly stands out in the psalm, in the gospel, in the first reading. But I didn't want to forget the second reading today. But I think we can tie it all together. Come, Holy Spirit, help us to tie this all together. Give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you want us to see and what you want us to hear today from the Lord So I think it's important to highlight that we are the Lord's vineyard and what the takeaway from that is that he himself takes care of us. He himself cultivates a relationship with us. I like to say that God is always the protagonist in our relationship. I mean, he's the protagonist when it comes to all of creation Because he didn't have to create the universe, but he did. And he certainly didn't have to create us, but he did. Because he wanted to. And really, when you think about it, he created everything else in the world, in the universe even, for us. So we were made to be his delight. He wanted us to flourish. He wanted us to share in his life, in his love. 
in the perfect communion that he shares, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that they share with one another, that was always their intention. That was their desire for you and for me. And it still is. That hasn't changed. And it never will change. That's the thing about God's love that's hard for us to to comprehend, to appreciate. Because what we all experience in life and in relationships can be pretty shaky at times. Even in the best relationships, the closest friendships, the best marriages, we experience trials and tribulations. We experience uh, (laughs) something less than perfect love at times. And so we feel like we have to do something And we do, don't get me wrong, but in our case, in our relationship with God, he's always the one that's sustaining us and pursuing us. And his love never changes. No matter what we do or don't do, his love is always constant, never changes. So I like to say there's nothing you could do that would make God love you more. And there's nothing that you could do that would make God love you less. But that's not a human way of thinking, is it? That's a divine kind of love that we have to ask God to help us appreciate. And that's why we read his word. That's why we reflect, especially on the Lord's day, on what he has done for us. We're celebrating today The fact that God not only died for us, but he rose from the dead. Every Sunday is a little Easter, you could say. So we're reminded of the great things that God has already done for us. And what God wants to say to us today is, I'm doing something great today. I'm doing it again and again and again. I'm going to show up for you again. I'm going to come to you again. I'm going to feed you again. I'm going to bless you again. I'm going to forgive you again. I'm going to heal you again. I'm going to pour my love and light and peace and joy into you again. And again. And again. I never run out, God says to us. I never run out of anything. I'm never exhausted by you, but we get exhausted with each other, right? Especially if you're, you know, Mrs. Roos right now with the little ones, you know, trying to, you know, corral all those kids and, you know, there's a limit to that. There's a limit to that because we're human. We all have our limits and that's okay. Nothing wrong with that. But God doesn't have a limit that's, that's something impressive, isn't it? God doesn't have a limit to anything. The one thing Pope Benedict would say, though, as I say that, Pope Benedict would say of evil that God put a limit to evil, so to speak. And, and that was it right there. God, like, put his foot down and he said, enough, enough. I will have the last word. I will have the last word. And so let's think about that for a second. Let's turn to our second reading. 
Paul's writing to the Philippians, brothers and sisters, have no anxiety at all. Well, that's a challenge right there. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. So there's the recipe right there. There's the recipe for the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. That's the recipe to have that peace, prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. And isn't that what we do here every Sunday? Isn't that what we are invited to do every day in our own way? And then he says, he's really helping us here to guard that peace. Because we know that there's so many things trying to steal our peace. The devil's MO, steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said that in John's Gospel. It's recorded in John's Gospel, chapter 10. The devil's agenda, steal, kill, and destroy your peace. Not just your life, but even your peace. So Paul is going to tell us here how we can fight back. What does he say? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence and if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Think about these things. Oftentimes, brothers and sisters, the battle, the spiritual battle that we're all in right here, the battle is in the mind. The battle is in the mind. And as you think about that for a second, you're like, oh, yeah, whoa. You know, I was, can I tell this story? I'm going to tell it in a kind of a vague way so that I don't give away any any uh, identities here, but I was praying with a young woman last Sunday and she was complaining of stomach issues, GI issues. She had tinnitus in her ears. Um, She had pain in her back and two of her friends were there with her. So there was the three of us praying for the one and we're praying and not much is happening. And then all of a sudden, one of her friends says, well, we should pray for your back, too. Now, I just mentioned that, but prior to that, she hadn't said anything to me about her back. And then I said, huh, I just got this inspiration. I just said, all right, I feel like the Lord is just wanting to remove a burden from from your shoulders and from your back that you're carrying. He wants to remove a burden. And as soon as I said that, she starts to cry. And she said, I know what that burden is. I'm like, now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) She said, my mom and dad got divorced when I was three. And I've blamed myself for that. So for over three decades, she's been blaming herself for this. And And I think even she said like a relative even said something to the effect that, you know, your dad left your mom because of you. Awful thing, right? So I said, all right, let's go right now. 
repeat it. It's just, it was just so beautiful. I get a front row seat to watch God work. I said, I repeat after me, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that my parents' divorce was my fault. Boom. You know, it's a powerful prayer when snot starts coming out of people's noses. (laughs) And her friend was doing a really ugly cry. It was awesome. The burden, the burden just got lifted in that moment. But that thought, that thought, that toxic thought was weighing her down. And we all have them. We all have them. Maybe right now you can think of some. And what I've learned is that simple little prayer, in the name of Jesus, I renounce the lie that, and just fill in the blank. I'm not good enough. There's something wrong with me. I have to take care of myself. I have to be perfect. It's hopeless. I've got like a top 20 list. I could keep going, but anyway. (laughs) You get the point. You get the point. And we got to keep fighting back. Because things will happen that will trigger those those toxic thoughts, those lies in us. And they really do weigh us down. And they do affect our digestion. They affect our mood. They affect all kinds of things. Because the mind and the body and the spirit, we're we're all one. We're related. We're all interconnected that way. And so, let's ask the Holy Spirit today to help us think about what is true and honorable and just, etc. And let's ask the Holy Spirit to shine light, His divine light, into the darkness that might be weighing us down, that might be getting in the way of our living a more abundant life in Christ, that might be limiting our peace in some way. Because as we identify these lies and as we renounce them in the name of Jesus, and then as we invite truth to replace those lies and to fill us, well then we we start to see things differently. We start to feel differently. We start to act differently. And we become this this light and this peace and this joy. And we bring that. We bring that to the family. We bring that to work. We bring that to school. We bring that to the community. Wherever you go, you bring that. And that's attractive. That's inspiring. That's healing. And that's what God wants for all of us. So Lord, we pray for that divine light to penetrate the darkness today and to set us free so that we can become all that you created us to be and be that light in this world that will bring hope to those in darkness. Amen.